Recording in progress. Boom! Boom! Oh, the doozy is there. Doozy. The doozy. He comes. He comes, Big Les. He's coming in. He's coming in. Yo. Oh. <laughs> Les. Wow. Hey, going. Good man, good to see you. Good to see you, sir. You look oh, well. You hear less? You hear less? <laughs> <laughs> Ruby, Ruby. How you been, man? I'm good. Been hanging out, you know, like the rest of you. <laughs> like all of us. Yeah, I don't have a body like yours, though. Well, I, I don't have a body like me anymore either. <laughs> Man, you did some working out there, dude. I did, man. I was um, I was a rabbit hole. I went down and uh, yeah, it's uh, it's an interesting place to go. It doesn't make you gay. <laughs> it doesn't make you gay. Um, but yeah, it's uh, it's easy to get off that train pretty quick. Yeah. So yeah. I'm actually I was off it for about a month, and now I'm getting back on it again. So, back into it. This this stuff doesn't help. That's right. Where where are you in LA now? I'm in I'm in Nashville. Ah, wonderful. I'm slowly taking over the country. <laughs> Australians, you know. Yeah. Well, you, yeah. You can't go back to Australia, so you might as well invade the U.S. Yeah, I might as well do it here. So, um, yeah. But and you you're up well near Bruce, right? Yeah, I'm about a what hundred miles, a little over hundred miles from Bruce. Oh, wait, you're in Santa Barbara. No, I'm in uh, Los Gatos, but it's Silicon Valley, San Jose. Oh, okay, okay, yeah. great. I was just, I was in your neighborhood last week. I was in Montecito. No, that's Santa Barbara. He's up in the Bay Area. Oh, that's way from there then. Yes. Yeah. Oh, I'm, yeah. I'm up in by San Francisco. Right. Well, in your neighborhood, I mean, as in in your state. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't in Tennessee. In your time zone. Yeah, yeah I was in your time zone. <laughs> so how are you, Les? I'm good. Well, Great. We, can, we can fix that, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm sure I'm sure you can. <laughs> hey, Les, let's clear something up. Are you Larry? No, I'm Leslie. Oh, okay. Oh, so it was a different person they were talking oh, about. Oh, you're talking about Larry Thomas. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, Larry Thomas, I think, used to be the CEO of Fender. Ah. Yeah, he was a good friend of Alexander's. Yeah, yeah. Ah, yeah. Did, okay. did Chris mention him? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So yeah. how was the Chris show? It was great. Yeah, good story. What a great guy. What a great guy. Lots of cool information. We can't wait to get him back and talk about him, you know, because we mostly talked about Alexander. So. Right. Uh, we got another show we'll we'll do with just like him talking about him. Yeah, he he's he's really a pretty heavyweight in that yeah. in the guitar building, you know, arena. Very um, humble and unassuming guy, mm -hmm. and yeah, I'm excited to hear his story. He seems like a really great folk. Yeah. So, um, Bruce, you should do the the formal in introductions for our guitar wank listeners. All three of okay. them. Well, to you guitar wankers, 
we would like to bring another episode in our ongoing tribute, remembrance, and basically uh, letting the world get to know a true genius, Alexander Dumble. And this man, my dear friend, is the guy who introduced me to him and actually introduced me to his amps. Of course, I'd heard about them and I'd heard them, but I was playing a gig up in, uh, I believe, Los Gatos, and he loaned me his amp, which was a Dumble modded deluxe. And it, I was playing my Sontag, which is the red guitar, which is a floating pickup. And it's a particularly, it doesn't like all the amplifiers. Like, like my L5 with a built-in pickup and, and my Ibanez that I had all those years. You know, pretty much every amp, we get along okay. But the Sontag really, it, you know, takes special kind of amp. And this amp made that guitar sound as good electric as I'd ever heard it. It was amazing. And it was like an organ trio, a loud band. It was just beautiful. And, uh, and he, and Les knew, it was funny because when he gave me the amp, I, there was like a smirk on his face. He's like, yeah, you <laughs> like this, you know, and I'm like, I'm kind of scared of it a little bit. And it was so great. And, um, and he offered to introduce me to Alexander, who I sent various emails, which were not returned. And somehow, I guess, Les sent him a video of me playing somewhere or something. In your living room. Okay. And, and that uh, ended up being like the intro to him that I got to know him. And uh, so I have Les to thank for getting into the family. And uh, Les is a dear friend of Alexander's, knows him very well. He's also a good friend of Scott's. And uh, a great guitar player. And so, world meet Les. And Les is going to get, yet give us another facet of Alexander's uh, multi-complex, multi-faceted life. And just for our viewers, Les, you've, you've never heard a guitar wank before this show, have you? <laughs> no, I... I... <laughs> That's a funny comment. No, I listened to, I think I'm up to 250 something. Oh, wow. Uh, yeah, no, I, I listen all the time. When I would drive to Bruce's house, if I was behind a couple episodes, I put it on, you know, on my podcast on my car and then go to Carmel. And so I get all caught up on the latest, you know, shenanigans that you guys are doing. So you're the person I need to officially apologize to. I'm sorry, Les. <laughs> I officially It's you and Ulf. In yeah, there, there's a lot of people that swear they've heard every episode. And I'm thinking to myself, where do these people find the time? I hardly have the time to do them. Yeah, no kidding. Well, often Sweden has listened. I think he's listened to every episode at least twice, possibly. Whoa, three you know, wow. we need to have an intervention with Ulf. Love you, Ulf. Yeah. So, so anyways, what, was, what was the amp that he played, Les? He played a. I had a '66 Blackface Deluxe Reverb cool. that uh, Alexander gutted and built up. And uh, ultraphonics, uh, you know, mod to. And how does I imagine that sounds? Oh yeah, it, I use oh, it all the time. Yeah, it's I, every pretty much every gig I do, I use it. So now you're gonna couple. I've got the Vibralux. That's the same. 
you know, I've tweaked perhaps a little bit different, but that's the ultraphonics is the, is the vibrato channel of my vibrowalkers. Yeah. Ah, okay. And you have the extra added rockaphonics yes, mod I do. on channel one too. I know. I do. So that's, that's like, in case you want to rock out. Bruce, you yeah. Know. Well, you know, I do. I'm growing my hair long. I'm thinking about rocking out. You know what I mean? Could you, <laughs> Les, could you jump those channels like you do on Marshalls or not? You you can, but you know you're going through one 12 inch speaker. There's not so much. It's just going to get kind of congested there. But I sometimes will go to my normal channel, which is not quite as bright as yeah. the reverb, the vibrato channel. And um, but usually I I play with the reverb channel. So. Yeah, I've been dying to ask you, and I'm sure we'll get into this. But your Marshall mod, uh huh. How does that sound? Unbelievable. Yeah. I mean, it, it's like it's like nothing I've ever heard before. Um, yeah, it's really. I'm still getting kind of acclimated to it because it has a wide variety of different kind of sounds you can get out of it. Alexander described it as a high gain amp, and it does have a lot of gain. But in, to my ear, it's not really what I would traditionally refer to as a high gain amp. It's not really squishy, compressed, and, and you know, so much gain that it's it, it's hard to control. It's much more focused in certain areas and stuff. Well, so. What what is it? What was the amp? It was a uh, 73 uh, JVM 50, what, JTT, JTM, sorry, 50 watt Marshall. So it was already a nice amp. Yeah, yeah. And but, you know, did he did his thing, right? Yeah, so what's the what was his thing called on that one? Purple Haze. Jesus. <laughs> Don't you love his names? Yeah. I mean, think about it. He had like Steel String Singer, Twiddle D, you know, <laughs> Dumbleland, you know. Um, uh, little Little Tiger was the champ. He had oh, like wow. a, a mod, like a Kitty Wayne Shepherd hath one that sounds really good. Yep. I think I played through that one. But um, yeah, I just love he had all the you know, all the weird kind of things. I'll, I'll tell you a funny story. So one time I was on the phone and, you know, Alexander and I, we both lived in Santa Cruz, not at exactly the same time, but our paths seemed to kind of cross, but we never met each other. So one time I was talking to him on the phone and, um, you know, I was talking to him about, hey, yeah, you know, Alexander, I just went to, uh, to Opal Cliffs Market, which is a, which is like a, uh, a market in Santa Cruz, right by where all the surfers go at Pleasure Point or something. It's not yeah, Pleasure. Let me stop you just quickly. Santa Cruz, for all the people who don't know, in, am I wrong? Is that where Lost Boys was filmed? Yes. Yes. Okay. So now we yeah. all know Santa Cruz. Okay. Yeah. So anyway, we're ta I'm talking about. Yeah, I was down there, you know, walking around. We we're watching the surfers and stuff, and uh, and uh, you know, Opal Market's still there. And he goes, oh, yeah, open market. He goes, you know, I built them a PA. <laughs> so, so I'm thinking now somewhere in that open market, there's probably like a steel string singer PA, <laughs> you know, <laughs> produce on, on aisle four, you know, probably sounds like, really good. It's like, so, wow, the tone of that guy on the voice on the PA is amazing. Just like Stevie Ray Vaughan on the <laughs> So, you know, um, there might be a few people heading out that way tomorrow to see if they can buy that little PA. Yeah, yeah they'll get robbed tonight for sure. <laughs> <laughs> well, so tell me, Les, how did you come to know Dumble? 
Well, it's an interesting story. I um, there's a there's a gear forum that's out there that you probably know about, right? And there was anytime Dumble name got dropped, like you know, there would just be these flame wars, you know, on the forum about you know all kinds of things, right? But one guy, you know, was really you know very calm. And, you know, and mentioned that he knew Alexander and that Alexander had built him an amp and, you know, and he's a really nice guy and stuff like that. So I reached out to him and, you know, asked him, is Alexander still building amps? And this was probably 2009. Right. Okay. And I asked him, you know, is he still building amps? And, you know, I'd like to contact him if I could. And his name's Georg. And Georg came back and said, you know, yeah, yeah, he's, he's still building amps. You know, he does it only kind of one-offs, very special, blah, 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 right? And, um, and we started having this conversation. And so finally, he said, you know, I think I can put you in touch with him, but why don't you give me a call? So I called him on the phone. And it turns out I had met him before at a family event and and he was really good friends with my sister-in-law's husband. <laughs> and so there was like this instant, like, oh, I, I've met you. I know you. Oh, wow. You know, and so um, we, we, that's how it started. And then, you know, he contacted Alexander and, you know, worked on him for a couple months, you know, just saying, hey, you know, I have this guy that I know and he, he's, you know, he's okay, you know. <laughs> And, you know, would you build him an amp? And finally, you know, Alexander said, yeah, I'll, I'll build a map and emails and phone numbers were exchanged. And so um, the thing I always like to tell people, you know, not a lot of people know that I knew him and I kept it. I'm pretty private, but I kept it really private about Dumble because of all of the, you know, the side effects of knowing Alexander. Hmm. Right. You know, people people kind of freak out and, you know, get wigged out and all kinds of stuff at times about him. Right. Um, but um, so uh, I, you know, I kept it pretty private. But the thing I say to people that I share this with is that um, I didn't have to go knock on his door. His door was opened for me, literally, you know, so so from day one, when we exchanged emails and I started having phone conversations with him, we, we, you know, our passage crossed, like I talked about, and we had this instant rapport. It's like we knew each other. And so when I eventually, you know, got down to his house, he was like so friendly and the nicest guy you would ever meet, the sweetheart. I mean, he's so kind. It's unbelievable. You know, and you hear all these stories and it's like, you know, my experience was never that with him. Um, so, you know, I, I uh, we, we when I, when we were on the phone, you know, he asked me for uh, some clips of my plane and he asked me for, um, you know, what 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 am I looking for in terms of sound and all that kind of stuff. The other thing is that um, Alexander was a big Apple fan. So I worked for Apple at that time. So, you know, that was like, to him, it was like, oh, you know, and he wanted in exchange for, I think my first amp, we exchanged um, a Mac tower. And, you know, I went down to his house, set it up for him and stuff. And uh, so um, it was oh, great, you know. Wow. And we continued that relationship up until 
uh, last August, you know, after he had done his move and all that stuff. So, you know, I just had tremendous amount of respect. Uh, I feel like I knew him really well, even though he was an extremely private guy. And there's certain things you'll never know about him. But I mean, you know, he 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 shared a lot of, you know, kind of what he was wanting to do musically. Um, he would send me um, clips of him playing and then I would run it through like I have some analog rack gear, you know, in a little mixing console. And I'd run it through that and I'd send it back to him. He's like, wow, man, that's how did you do that? Sounds so good. You know? <laughs> <laughs> so, and um so yeah, it was it was uh, I feel really really honored, privileged to have known him, to been in that circle, you know, and to been able to you know just you know like be in his living room, and he has like, you know, all of these amps. So I got to play through all of these different amps, <laughs> you know, and and it, you just you're just in there going like, wow, this is so cool. And every amp sounded so good, you know, it was just Damn. unbelievable. Yeah. Every guitarist is just like, man, that just sounds, that's the ultimate, you know, guitar heaven right there, you know, Dumble's living room playing through his amplifiers. Yeah. And, and you know, he, he, would, um, he would do these really, really kind things. For example, um, when I would go down there, we always seemed to do these marathons where I would go down there and I'd spend like 13, 14 hours at his house, <laughs> you know, and he'd be, he'd be doing his thing and we'd be goofing around. We'd go out and get dinner and come back and stuff. And he, you know, I was, you know, able to be in his lab when he's soldering and he's doing all of that. And I mean, I'm just thinking like, oh my God. I mean, I'm like in his lab watching him do all this, all his stuff, you know, he's soldering, he's pulling out parts, testing them, you know, and he would do things like he would, he had a, a oscilloscope up and he would, he would do the solder and he'd look at me and he goes, okay, it's going to be, you know, 0.31 milliamps. And, and he'd solder it in and he'd, and he'd scope it. And it's like 0.31 milliamps. I mean, he, he was like beyond this world in terms of his ability to dial things in. He knew how things would sound before he even put them in. Wow. Yeah. So, um, so, you know, I, I, we it was just unbelievable to be in that kind of environment with him and time would go on and I just hang out and hang out and hang out. So he would do these really kind things like the day I was going to leave to drive back to, you know, San Jose, he would have a care pack for me. So he'd have like bananas, water, cashews, energy <laughs> drink, you know, and he'd, he'd send me on my way. And sure enough, by the time I got home, there'd be an email from him saying, you know, wow, that was really good hanging out with you. Did you get it? Make sure you let me know you got home okay and everything's working out and tell your wife I said hi, you know. I mean, the sweetest guy. Really, really. Wow. Wow, man. That's, uh, that's, it just seems like a running thread. We're hearing this all the time that, you know, so many people just, just really loved this guy and you know i think the public had a really confused um idea of who alexander dumble was so um yeah i mean I, you know i can't really say what other people's experiences are i just know that from my experience it was always done with uh uh such kindness such integrity 
Um, you know, I mean, it was just like a, the perfect, a perfect environment, perfect connection with him. And, uh, you know, what, one thing he did uh, that was funny was I'm a big Mike Landau fan. Yeah. Right. You know, I mean, I love the way Mike plays guitar. Nice, he's a really nice guy. He's very approachable. You know, you can talk to him and stuff. Well, and you know, so, he's not that approachable that he won't come on guitar, Wink. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, everybody's got their boundaries. He's a very right smart now. guitar player. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to so, keep, uh, I'm going to give him shit until he yeah. comes on. Well, he, he, he was playing up in Santa Cruz at Moe's Alley one time. And um, I had met him before, uh, just introduced myself because I saw him play at the Baked Potato 50th. At Ford, at the Ford Center in L.A., and he he actually played for the first time uh, with Larry Carlton as kind of sat in with him, and so I would talk to him a little bit about that. But um, so I go to Mo's Alley, and um, I'm leaving, and you know we had hung out a little bit, and Mike says, "Well, we'll see you later, Les." And I went, "How did you know my name?" He goes, "Oh, I know you're Les Thomas. You're in from Las Vegas, California, playing guitar." I thought, well, man, I never told you that. So I kind of like, you know, went home scratching my head. Well, come to find out, Alexander had sent him an email saying, hey, this friend of mine's coming to hear you play and blah, blah, blah. And this is all about it. You know? He was hooking you up. Well, not really. I mean, you know, it didn't get me any points with my. No, but I mean, you know, introducing but <laughs> you kind of way. That's pretty cool. Yeah. But that's the kind of guy that he was, you know? So, um, Landau obviously worked with Dumble over the years too. Mm -hmm. Did he, do you know if he was pretty much a regular or was just on and off over the years? Or, um, well, I wouldn't want to speak for Mike, but I know that that him and Alexander, you know, were good friends. Yeah, and you know, Mike has a, an Overdrive special. In fact, it was it was just at the gig at the Baked Potato. I noticed. Oh, right. it out for the yep. gig. So, so yeah. I mean, I think they knew each other. They go back a while, I think. Oh, I got so many questions for Mike. Oh, I gotta, <laughs> I gotta get him on the show. Yeah, Mike, damn it! I'll get you. Um, so when you when he said to send him some stuff of you playing, what did you send him? Um, well, I sent him some clips that I had done. You know, just kind of my style of playing, you know, just personal stuff I had written or, you know, recorded on. Right. Yep. And then I sent him a list of famous Dumble sounds that I wanted my amp to emulate, you know, like, cool. yeah, like, you know, one, of, I think one of the holy grails of Dumble tone is Larry Carlton's last night at the baked potato. Right. Robin Ford's like, you know, almost any of them. <laughs> Right. With this, you know, talk to my daughter, uh -huh. you know, Jing, Jing Chi, you know, all of those uh, blue line, anything with the blue line stuff. Yeah. Is pretty good. And um, the other thing was and then I sent uh, so as Carlton, Robin Ford, um, there was some some Landau stuff I liked. Yeah. So anyway, you know, I sent him that. And these are the kind of things I like. And so, um, you know, he when I went down there, he would listen to me play. He'd be in the kitchen or something getting us coffee. Oh, that's the other thing. So he was a real big coffee fan at that point in time. I think later towards the end, 
he didn't drink coffee because I think it, it didn't agree with him as well, if I remember correctly. But so he's a big coffee guy. So I would send him. We have a really good coffee store in Los Gatos called Los Gatos Coffee Roasting Company. And they really have great they roast their own beans in the, you know, in the, in the facility and stuff. So I would send him periodically just a bunch of coffee. So when I go down there, he would make this coffee and, you, <laughs> and so he'd be making coffee and he'd give me his guitar and he'd plug into an amp and I'd be playing and, you know, he's listening. I mean, he's not, it's not like he's making coffee. He's like, really? <laughs> and he's going, Oh, that sounds like Steely Dan, you know, or he'd say some comment or whatever. Right. And, um, so, you know, he had a pretty good sense, I think, of my limitations and kind of what I was looking for, you know, tonally or sonically or whatever. And uh, right. so, yeah. Wow. Oh man, that, that would have been just so cool to have that experience. And it sounds like he did that with a lot of guys like, um, you know, I saw that Kenny Wade Shepard's got a bunch and didn't, do you know if Carlos was, I know Carlos wanted amps. Did he ever get amps off Dumble? He, oh yeah. I think Carlos got a couple. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So he was working. You know, the, here, there's one thing, Troy, though, I would say is that when I was with him, we didn't talk about stuff like that. Right. I was really cognizant of that. There were certain things, there were certain areas that were best, not to be you know talked about with him right because you know the stuff with um how much his amp sold for after he built them th that was really uncomfortable for him yeah i bet and he didn't like he that wasn't something that he was happy about yeah and you know and then he had a thing about pirating and all of that so you know there were some boundaries that I respected. They were unspoken, but I respected. So we didn't really talk a lot about um, other guitar players in the, you know, gossip stuff. Cause he, he was, he was not um, going to give up anything like that. He was yeah. really at such a high level of integrity with his clients. You know, I was a client, but also a friend and, you know, he would not say anything about anybody else at least in my presence, I would hear about it in other channels, you know, like, why, why didn't he tell me that? You know, <laughs> I'd hear stories about him and somebody else. And I go, well, I was there at that time. Why didn't you say something? You know, <laughs> he, would, right. he wouldn't do that. So, yeah. How did you, how did you guys go about choosing the amps that he was going to rebuild for you? I'm sorry, what? How was, how did you guys choose what amps you were going to get rebuilt by Dumble? Mm. Was that, what choice was well, it was, you know, uh, it was just a conversation, you know. I mean, he had certain amps that I think he really liked to do, deluxes, yep. you know. So he, he knew that I played in, like, a smaller band, a smaller kind of band. So, you know, a deluxe fit really well in a club. Yeah. So it was that kind of discussion and stuff, you know. Right. Um, he obviously... Do you know if he ever got any other amps besides, you know, the standard Fenders and Marshalls? And that? Like, did he have other company amps there, like, that was sort of out of the realm of the standard amps that we would see? Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Bruce, Bruce, Bruce was in his living room. I mean, he had so many different amps. I played through a Angel's Breath. I played through an amp called a small special, which was like one of his first amps played okay. through his personal overdrive special. Uh, I played through um, 
uh, the little tiger, which was a which which a champ, and um, never got to play through a steel string singer, and I don't think there was one in his at his house, at least out. Um, uh, what else? Played through um, what was that thing called? Oh, it was a it was a twin tweed basement, but it was called a termulator or something like that i played through <laughs> that yeah. and they all they're all just like you know one, one of his favorite things to do was he wanted to um get a reaction from somebody when he would when he would have you plug in you know he'd just sit there like waiting and you plug in and you go oh my god you know <laughs> what <laughs> you, know, I mean, you know, your jaw would drop and he'd just laugh, you know. <laughs> yeah. 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 Sound okay? <laughs> you know? so he was cool. Um, oh, man. Yeah. That's, that's super cool. You know, when I was in his lab, he would, he would show me the circuit boards, right? And he'd show me the circuit boards. And I'd go, Alexander, I, said, I have no idea what you're showing me. He goes, I know. That's why I'm showing it to you. <laughs> I have no idea what it is. He goes, I know. That's why I'm showing it to you. <laughs> so um, maybe I shouldn't tell this story, but I'm going to anyway. So one time we're going out to uh, we're going out to eat, and he needed to get some more goop to goop some amps right i think it was my amp in fact right yeah. and so we we on our way back we stopped by AutoZone, which was pretty close to his house and he goes in he gets the blue goop we're standing in line and all of a sudden the the red the cashier says name he goes ward she goes ward yeah ward alexander i'm going i'm looking at him like what 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 so anyway, she rings him up and then it goes outside. I'm going, what was that about? Ward? Ward Alexander? He goes, well, you know, Howard Alexander. So it's Ward Alexander. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you know what? And, and this is a, might be a, I think it might be a fair question at this point. Was Alexander an amp guy or was he a spy? I mean, was he a spy? Like, did he have some culprit operation he was doing on the side or something? Because he, he definitely played that up a lot, didn't he? What do you mean? I, I mean, know. changing the names. It was Alexander, oh, oh. then Howard, off the grid, <laughs> under the radar, no yeah. bank accounts, no this, no that. I mean, yeah. Yeah. It could have been a, a Russian spy for all we know. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's a good way to take over the world, you know, with amps like that. <laughs> yeah, he slowly took over the world. Yeah. yeah. Damn. He, he, um, I think he had a lot of, um, a lot of pride in what he was able to do. And, you know, with his amps, one, one time I, uh, there was a vintage guitar magazine cover that was like world's greatest amps 10 best amps in the world or something and on on the front was robin's amp ah. so so i got a copy you know I'm, I'm going down to his house you know and i, I showed it to him he goes ah. he goes i don't need that i know i know <laughs> i know i build the greatest amps <laughs> okay you know he's like he was he was almost a little uh, 
uh, a little tweaked by it. He goes, I don't need Vintage Guitar Magazine to tell me that I'm building the greatest amps. Wow. I was like, okay, you know. So he was a good guitar player, too. I think you probably heard that from your other guests, right? Yeah, they all mentioned. What was his, was, did he have a favorite guitar he always played? or uh, He had a, a Strat he loved, yeah. a couple of them. Yeah. Um, he, had, he had a 355. Did you play that, Bruce, the 355? Yeah, there's a red one. Uh, yeah. Yeah. That was his red guitar. <laughs> he, used, he used to make i've got numerous emails of him sending pictures of himself playing a red guitar um yeah 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 and we jammed a couple times you know yeah Damn. he was just such a special person you know yeah so ham what other did you get any other amps les off him um over the years or I mean, it just seems like I, I heard Eric Johnson writing in his story about Dumble that he had the opportunity and it just didn't, I guess it didn't go all the way through. Yeah. Yeah, I, I guess they have some history somehow. I'm not sure what exactly it is. Yeah. Yeah. He, he talked about, I know Joe Robinson mentioned it, that he had the opportunity to and he didn't follow through on it. He's kicking yeah, it. Yeah, he, he really liked Joe. He, he, he talked to me about Joe, I guess, when him and... Uh, Joe was on that tour with Robin and Leroy Parnell. Yeah. Um, Alexander asked me, you know, Joe Robinson. And, and at that time, I think I had seen that show in Santa Cruz. And I said, oh, yeah, how was that? It was great. Yeah. Joe is such a badass player. He's so yeah. Awesome. He's a young kid too. I mean, uh, you know. he's a, um, he's a machine. He's, he's almost, he's almost too perfect sometimes. Like, dude, make a mistake for Christ's sakes. <laughs> you know, yeah. But Alexander really loved the way he played and stuff. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So, uh, yeah. Yeah, and it seems like a really nice guy too. Yeah. And, you know, one of the things that would happen when I would get together with him is there's a thing called Dumble Time. Dumble Time? You know? Yeah, it's not Double Time. Dumb it's more like Half Time, right? right. And you, you would go into his, his, into his living room or his house, right? And it was like time got weird. And I, I've talked to him about this. It's like yep. time gets really squirrely at his place because pretty soon, you know, you're looking at your watch and you've been there eight hours and you haven't moved off the couch. You know, it's that kind of stuff. Right. right. And so, you know, it was it was it was just kind of funny to be in that environment. And just it's kind of, you know, it's strange. It's just. It sounds, like, it sounds like to me we all missed out, the ones that didn't get to go on the couch and experience that. Yeah. It sounds like yeah, a pretty, well, pretty I, cool I wish, thing. you know, I mean, it would have been an, an incredible violation of his private space, but I do wish that I had taken a video of it, you know, of, of being in his music room, which was that living room. Yeah, yeah. And what, it, what it was like to sit on that couch at, surrounded by all that stuff you know uh it Damn. was really a special experience and and less is really right you know i mean you really you couldn't go and just like spend 20 minutes there that was not the, it's impossible you know and i mean you were 
you were had a day pass when you went there. Yeah. 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 yeah he kind of opened his, his house up for those, those kind of purposes too. You know, you come in and he was such a great host, you know, it, it was, you know, just really remarkable to have, you know, this guy who I consider to be, you know, a genius in terms of his, you know, his amp, knowledge and his audio knowledge and his physics knowledge i mean he's really really bright guy and you know he always made me feel special yeah you know and and i'm a nobody right and he always made me feel like he when i was there i had his attention you know he was asking me a lot of questions about all kinds of things you know and there was a a real conversation going on I never felt like I was bothering him or that I was intruding on his space or whatever. In fact, it was more like, Hey, I got to go, man. <laughs> you know, I've been here 13 hours. I better get going. You know? So, yeah. Oh my God, man. Damn. So how long did you have to wait for your amps? Uh, not very long. No. The, the, the last one was long because, you know, towards the end, um, he he seemed to be slowing down a little bit yeah yep. you know i mean he, he from the day the first day i met him you know alexander had some issues you know he, he had some health challenges for sure yeah. and he was really really good at um managing his own health challenges you know he did a lot of research he turned me on to a lot of different kind of supplements to help with, you know, with my general health. And I mean, he's really kind of knowledgeable that way anyway, but um, towards the end, you know, um, uh, he, he, you could tell he was starting to, you know, starting to wear down a little bit, I think, you know, yeah. mobility wasn't as good as it, it had been. Um, you know, he had, he had lived through the, I think it was the two Burbank fires, you know, that, and I mean, I remember going to his house after one of them. And at the time the fire was going on, I was checking in with him pretty regularly. And he's saying, yeah, I'm all packed up. I'm ready to get out of here. If I, if I get the evacuation order. Right. And so, you know, it didn't happen. So I think there was a NAM that I went to. And, and one of the days I, I scooted out of there and I went to his house and there were, there were places right on the corner that were burned down from where he lived. I mean, really close to where he he was. So, you know, he was, he lived kind of through two of those. Um, and then, you know, the, the whole COVID thing, he, he kind of made it through that. So, um, you know, it was really, really sad to hear that, that he passed, you know? Yeah. Well, how old was he? 70, was he 76? I think Drew said he was 77. 77. Yeah. I mean, that's the other thing is nobody, (laughs) I asked him one time, I said, Alexander, when's your birthday? Oh, that's not information I give out. (laughs) And I said, okay, well, what, what's your, what's the month? No, no, I'm not going to give that out. So he was, you know, he had that thing about him. He's really private. So I didn't even know. I mean, when Drew wrote the kind of the, the little official statement that he had passed, I found out that he was 77. 77. He, it sounds like he was definitely into the conspiracy stuff, right? In what way? Like he, he was, he was in this, he, he had his own take on what was going on with the, everything. And he wasn't a, uh, 
he wasn't into the government knowing what he was doing or anything like that. He definitely wanted to be <laughs> under the radar. Yeah. Which yeah, goes guess. along with everything about him. It kind of, if you had to design a character, kind of Dumble is it, you know. If you had to yeah. design something, it really is like the dock out of Back to the Future. Yeah. The, the other thing, vibe. you know, the other thing I'll share is that I don't know if anybody else has talked about this, but Alexander made everything, you know, with his, with his amps. I mean, he, he actually built the head shells and, and the cabinets in the early days and the cabinets by himself. Wow. You know, then later, Carrie Wright came in and Alexander kind of authorized Carrie Wright to, to build some cabinets for him. He was, I think, the only guy... Alexander authorized, but he did everything himself. He built, you know, had table side would build like it was, you know, <laughs> it's like I said, the only thing you didn't do is you didn't grow the tree, you know? <laughs> and Kerry Wright was kind of like the dumble of the cabinet world, right? Exactly. Yeah. And we lost him. Was it last year? We lost him. Was yeah. Early yeah. Early yeah. last year. Yeah. Jesus, man. Yeah, Kerry was a great guy too. Yeah. I never met him, but I talked to him on the phone many times and stuff. And then I went to the that MI thing with Bruce and Scott. And I guess Kerry was there. And I I somehow I didn't know. And I, you know. Was that was the one we did? Guitar one? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, Kerry was ago. there then? Yeah, that's what Scott said. Oh fuck. Yeah. Yeah, because Scott's raved about Kerry cabinets forever yeah big band so yeah damn i mean kerry i saw kerry was making stuff for van halen right was oh he, yeah he yeah. yeah and i think the eagles and um yeah he was he was like the, like you said he was like the dumble of cap makers kind and of. and as far as i know no one kind of learned his skill from him to to continue it i heard that he had an apprentice Oh, okay. And that and that the apprentice had done some stuff, but I, I don't I don't really know too much more. Right. Damn man. Yeah. yeah. It's a shame to lose these guys and we don't we don't know more. But yeah. it's kind of in a way kind of cool too to have that mystique and And I, I met Chris through through Alexander and Georg. You know? Chris Fleming. Fleming. Oh, okay. Yep. Yeah, and, you know, I remember one time we all showed up, Alexander invited us all over, so there's the three of us, and, and he was like a little kid, I mean, he, <laughs> just, he just loved it, and he just loved, you know, we're on the couch, and he's, he's on his, his drum throne, and, you know, he's, try this, try that, you know, he's just like, I mean, he had so much passion and enthusiasm for, for what he did, he was so proud of the stuff that he, he that he could show you, and you know, he just he blow your mind when you start playing through that stuff. Like, wow, you know. So. Oh man, yeah. damn, yeah. yeah. Well, you you you've played through Bruce's amp, right? Yeah, I actually just before I come back here to Nashville, I spent more time I think I've ever uh, done playing it, like really playing it and checking it out. Um, and I was comparing it with my vibroverb and yeah, man, it just sounds like it's, um, it's just sound like it's on that next level. 
it does things. And every time you play it and you turn knobs and everything, it they seems to do different things all the time and you discover new things with it. So it's a yeah. you can tell it's special, that's for sure. Yeah. So um but uh yeah, I guess those amps <laughs> you're not gonna be they're gonna be hard to find nowadays, I would imagine. Well, yeah. Yeah. I don't yeah, I don't know how many he made or anything. Yeah, right. Les, I was gonna ask you, tell me, you know, hazard a guess, how many amps did Dumble make in his life, you think? Well, I think people speculate that he made around three hundred proper dumbles. Like that would be like a dumble land, overdrive special, still string singer, overdrive reverb, you know, that had his Face plate and his label logo on it. Uh -huh. I don't know, like if you get into like all of the, you know, taking a Fender chassis and and stripping it down and rebuilding it, you know, I don't know how many he made. Because wasn't he working at? Was he working at True Tone doing that? There was a period of time Scott would know more than more than i, I but, heard that, yeah you would drop off an amp with x amount of money and he would re, he would mod a old fender or something yeah I, I'd heard steve, about that. steve mentioned that in the, the last episode we had that he was he just missed out on it, it was like 600 bucks and you drop off your fender off and yeah, and will do it back in the yeah, day but I, I think those were different kind of mods and ultrafonics uh, I think those were really, he would just go in there and, you know, uh, modify portions of the tone stack or the circuitry to, to make it a lot better for sure. Right. But the ultraphonics that I know of, you know, you give him a, a deluxe reverb and it, he's, he takes everything off, strips it down to bare metal and then starts doing magic on the metal. You know, where he, he's like doing like stuff to make sure that there's no, you know, uh, interference or that it's neutral, has a neutral chart. I mean, he's doing all that kind of stuff. Right. And then he builds it all up with with new components. So that's a different level of modification than I think he was doing at True Tone. Right. OK, so that's yeah. and it took a lot longer because, you know, he has to he has to source all those parts and and, you know, that kind of stuff. Damn. Yeah, you can see you can see why everything took so long when it was just him and you know. And I'm sure I'm sure he went through days when he probably wasn't working or didn't feel like working, like you know, like the rest of us, yeah. Yeah, like <laughs> like normal people. Sometimes yeah. you just like, ah, right, this this week I'm just not feeling it. So you know. So yeah. You know, I was heartened to uh, hear particularly from Chris, that like his move up to Turlock area, you know, in the Central Valley, uh, he was really happy up there. Like, I, that's what I've heard that, you know, he was really, because I would kind of, in my mind, knowing him, you know, with the environmental thing, he was always very, you know, like, he was always having trouble with wherever he lived, whether it was the pagoda or the rancho, you know, with various environmental factors that affected his health. Um, you know, I'm imagining the Central Valley with its litany of 
you know, interesting things like from the agriculture and the inversion from the Bay Area, you know, da 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 da. That that would have been just kind of a nightmare for him. But to hear that he was really happy there and and kind of thriving was really it did my heart good to hear that. You know, yeah, I heard the same thing too. Yeah. yeah. And I mean, that made me feel really good because I kind of imagined him being isolated in a place with, you know, more of that environmental, you know, you know, the things where he had the, he was measuring hydrocarbons and doing all that stuff and it right. invented all these measuring tools, you know, and uh, it was just really good to hear that. I hope that that's the case, you know, because I was kind of more worried about just him. I can only imagine what it was like to unpack most or some of that stuff, you know, I mean, and and why would we worry about that? Because he never unpacked it when he was at the ranch. I mean, it was all, (laughs) we assume it was organized, but we don't know, you know what I mean? (laughs) Yeah. It's like that WC Fields movie, the bank dick, right? Uh, Right. Yeah. Where he's got the desk and they go, Oh, I need that October statement. And it's just this big pile of paper. And he goes, Oh, October. Yeah. He pulls it out. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, I heard the same thing, Chris, that, that he was, I mean, Bruce, that he was really happy. Yeah. No, that he, that he was, I guess there was some kids on the dairy farm or something and, you know, he was really enjoying being around them and, so that that was I feel the same way that it was really um a little it lightened up my load about you know him because I I was very concerned about you know what his last kind of few days of his life was like you know so you know he's a really really sweet really sweet man one of the kindest guys I've ever met you know and he had a a lot of personality too. <laughs> I keep thinking. I wonder, and obviously no one knows, but I just I keep thinking about uh, someone like Eddie Van Halen and Dumble being in a room together, and what that would have been like. You know, I don't know if he did. He ever? I don't think he ever built an amp for Eddie, though, did he? Yeah. But it's just so like they seem to be very cut from a similar cloth, you know. Mm-hmm. So um, it would have been really curious to see that. But I'm sure there's a lot of stories that we're never going to hear about that um, would have been pretty awesome to hear about. Yeah. Yeah, I'm sure there's some stories that we'll never hear about for sure. Yeah, so so Les, you went out to dinner with him. I never did that. Uh, uh-huh. Where did he like to go? Oh, that's a good question. Um, well, you know, it changed over the years, but uh-huh. in the in the beginning, there was like a, it was like a Marie Callender's that was not too far from his house, and we would go there. And then there was a Thai restaurant in Pasadena called, I think, Mimi's Kitchen or something. We went there one time, and uh, we did a Greek, Greek restaurant. I'll, t- I'll tell you a funny story there. So we go to this Greek restaurant in Pasadena. And they have belly dancers at the Greek restaurant. So we're walking through the patio. It's outdoors, you know, covered. We're walking through the patio, and this belly dancer starts dancing. And Alexander just got all like, he was all happy. <laughs> Started to dance and stuff with her. I was busting up, man. It's like, what? Anyway. 
<laughs> that shows you the kind of guy he was. He was just really kind of friendly that way. Anyway, and then we there was a me couple of Mexican restaurants really close to to his house that we went to the last couple of times. Um, and one time we went and we had a peach. We had peach margaritas, and uh, I don't drink. So, you know, one margarita and I'm like, you know, I, I got to drive. Right. And, you know, I think he had two and we were just we were, we were just laughing. You know, we're in the middle of a really busy restaurant and, you know, we're kind of got a buzz on. And, you know, it's just, you know, it's, I'm thinking this is like, you know, it's a different reality. I'm in a Mexican restaurant with Dumble, you know, it's just like, yeah. Did, wow. did I, I, mean, I wish I'd been able to have a taste with him. I, I never saw him in the evening, you know, or when he was drinking or partying. I know Steve Travato and Scott both hung out with him in bars a lot, you know, through the years. I wish I'd seen that side of him. Yeah. You know, I, mean, I mean, that's the only time I ever saw him drink alcohol was that one time. But, uh, yeah. yeah, I know he used to hang out at bars with those guys, right? That's what I heard, too. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. you know he was great he'd, he'd buy me dinner you know i buy him dinner i mean it was a really kind of uh you know we went in dutch i guess you could say you know yeah yeah i never felt like he was he was my relationship with him was never really about the money you know it i mean that was part of it for sure but it was it was way beyond the money thing it was that we were good friends he sent me stuff you know christmas presents Christmas cards, you know, he did one time I was complaining that I had a Les Paul that didn't sound good. And so he went into his bin and he got out these vintage uh, capacitors, you know, and tested them and then put a, he tinted them with, with solder to make sure that it was all right. Tested them again, you know, then wrote the values on there, put my, wrote my name on them, you know, I mean, and then just gave them to me, you know. Yeah. Damn. Yeah. That's cool. Did did Dumbo ever go out and see concerts at all, or was he kind of past all that? Yeah, uh, you know, he did. He, not with me. We had talked a lot about it because he wanted to go see um, uh, Robin at the Canyon Club in L.A. And he, we had talked about going to the Baked Potato one time, you know. But we never. He never. And he never followed through. He did go to a, a, a celebration for at Fender for Leo Fender. He had a picture in his house with him and two of the big wigs at, at Fender. I don't know who they were. Um, and, he's, and he was in a suit. Wow. Like, wow, damn, man. You're looking pretty dapper there. You know, he's all like got this really nice suit on. He, he dressed up pretty good, you know? Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. but yeah, he, I think towards, you know, at least the time I knew him, we didn't, we didn't do that very often. You know? Yeah. Yeah. We drove through Pasadena a couple of times and looked at houses, you know, you know, kind of, he was saying, yeah, I'd li really like to get that house there. I could build a really good lab there. And it's like a, you know, it's like a 10,000 foot, you know, <laughs> mansion in Pasadena. I go, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll take one of those too. You know? I'll rent the room in the back, you know? Yeah. yeah. It's, um, it, I guess to me, out of all the players that played his stuff, Robin stands out probably the most. 
Am I missing someone? Well, like, there's a lot of different. I mean, Sonny Landreth. Oh, that's right. You know, Jesus. Yeah, right. Okay. Yeah, I mean, th there's so many. There's Sonny Landreth. Ray, you know. Ray. Yeah. 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 Loyal George. George Loyal. Yeah. Um, George. There's Eric Johnson. Yeah. You know, there's Mike Landau. There's, but you know, Robin's the guy I think that's most associated with with his amps. Yeah. Yeah. You know, Carlton too. I mean, in the early days, Larry was was a big dumble sound. You know. Yeah, I, I don't know what I don't even know what Larry plays through nowadays. I guess anything he wants, but yeah, I mean, he has a, he he plays through a uh, you know a kind of a a clone of Dumble. So that's the other thing is Alexander inadvertently created this entire ecosystem around his amps. And there's a lot of business. A lot of people are, are, have been, you know, employed for a long time, basically, you know, using kind of his his designs and stuff. And it's you know. which, when you kind of think about it all, his attempt to keep it like a secret and all that kind of stuff, the gooping and all the other stuff that went along with it, kind of just made it more desirable you know when you can't have it you want it more and um and obviously the sound of the amp was so incredible as well so everyone's like well yeah we've got to do this we've got to find out how how is this done so um i i get both sides of it um it's a shame that dumble wasn't able to capitalize on that and keep it you know more for him and and copyright it in a way but i guess you you just can't right yeah you, i think yeah i think you can't copyright a circuit or something right 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 yeah. you know i mean i would go much further than ecosystem i would say he started an industry yeah i mean he started an industry you know there that never existed before what he did you know there was like the the big three or four, you know, that was just pumping out stuff and the crappy shit that was kind of around it. And then a guy like Dumble comes along and says, no, we can, you know, us private guys can make this shit better. You know what I mean? And, and, and tweak it to more specific, you know, parameters. Cause we're not selling to the masses, blah, 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 blah. And that, you know, I say that he's the guy that started that, industry you know which of course started as amps but then became pedals and all sorts of things trying to basically you know capitalize on that sound and that you know and that quality of sound and um some successfully and some not but it's still a very very robust in industry today you know going yeah. on there's still like people doing you know that you know like other amp builders buying dumble.com or dumbleamps.com you know and they have nothing to do with alexander you know what i mean and so it's obvious that there's a huge industry that has been developed because this man's passion for finding you know i i don't know whatever the word is career you know like i think of it more like a cowboy you know like He's, you know, rodeo, rodeoing the, the electrons and the atoms, you know, to, to sound good, you know what I mean? And he had a sense about that, you know? I mean, I really think, like, he kind of saw the, the electrons, the atoms, you know, 
moving in a direction like a cowboy can see a herd of cows. You know what I mean? And the rest of us, because I, I love what you said. He knew exactly what he was going to get before he did it. Yeah. I mean, th- that kind of shit is like uncanny. Yeah. You know, the, the, not just the, the ears, but the physics, too. You know, yeah. the marriage of those two things yeah. is so staggeringly amazing. Yeah. And, and his- you, know, he, you know, he felt that way. I mean, when I sat, I guess, I don't know whether I wasn't auditioning because he'd already decided to do it. But when I was playing for him, you know, and he'd be listening to me and talking to me about stuff, I could see him like thinking about, you know, and knowing already how he was going to do it. Right. You know? Yeah. He knew what it was going to sound like before he made it. Yeah. I mean, it, to see him like in the lab soldering and stuff, the lead dress, the quality of the wiring, the parts, the solder joints. I mean, all of that is, you know, he used to show me, you know, pictures of stuff and it was like a piece of art. I mean, it was at such a high level of, of expertise that he was able to do, you know, it, it really, he really had a tremendous gift, um, you know, in his ability to, to put to that stuff together and create sonic, you know, kind of signatures for different players based upon his ears and his, and his knowledge. And nobody did that. Yeah. I don't think people are doing that now. But it's, it's interesting. Uh, I mean, I know a, a just a little bit about Ken Fisher, who did train wreck amps. Mm-hmm. And it's so, it's so interesting that a lot of these, um, there's all so many similarities with these type of guys. I mean, obviously, Ken was on, he was more on the East Coast, so he was in that part of the world, but um, very similar in what they were doing and creating their own, I mean, train wreck amps. I don't know if they're, they're not as popular as Dumble, but they're, they're pretty sought after too, right? Oh yeah, oh yeah. So you know. great amp. I played through one. They're very good amps. Yeah, and yeah. It, you're right. You're right, Troy. It's it, they had the same kind of, you know, genius, uh, eccentric, you know, mad scientist, mad professor in the lab kind of thing going on. You know, which which resulted in really great amplifiers, right? Yeah. And you, when you think about it, all us guys with all our gear that we buy as guitarists, which, except for Bruce, but us normal guys that just spend ridiculous amounts of money on the next best thing, we kind of do, in a sense, we're kind of playing what Dumble does naturally. Like, you know, we're buying gear already made and we're experimenting with that, but he's... I guess that's why guitarists were so enthralled with these amp builder guys because they're making the source. You know, they're starting from scratch where we're sort of we're buying the product and then trying to produce the sound, mm-hmm. you know, with the product. So it's like the next level that we get so enthralled with. It's like, God, oh, man, they, you know, they're putting all this stuff together. It's, it's amazing. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, one thing I've learned since he's passed is a lot of people are coming out and they're, you know, talking about Dumble and stuff. And, um, you know, they're showing pictures on, you know, the different uh, social media platforms. Um, Apparently, I thought I was the only guy that went to his house during NAMM. (laughs) But apparently that's not true. Apparently he had a lot of other people come too. (laughs) He sounds like he was double dating a lot. Yeah, man. It's like, what? 
I thought, oh, no wonder I couldn't have a date with you on Saturday because you had, you know, somebody yeah. else coming over. He was so, too tired um, a lot. <laughs> yeah, I've seen that too. There's a lot of pictures. Of, everyone's kind of got the similar stories and they're saying, all you guys are saying kind of the same thing. He knew, he knew how to make you guys feel, uh, well, loved and welcome and he knew how to, sell his product you know yeah absolutely yeah he was a smart guy yeah uh, yeah <laughs> i used to like disappear like for a day when i was at nam you know and you know the guys that i hung out with they're like where did you go where were you we didn't see you you know and i was like oh i was, I was, I was in a uh, hall e you know? <laughs> <laughs> hall d you mean <laughs> yeah hall d i was there with the hall d yeah the big hall d yeah and uh what you hold it you would drive from not from anaheim no yeah. no i would what i would for nam i would fly down and then i'd rent a car and oh, i'd drive okay. over and, and you know hang out and right and, uh, and <laughs> you know get back you know a couple times I, I missed you know barely got there in time for leaving to go to the baked potato with my buddies, you know, it was like, yeah. God, that was close, man. You know, I got to get out, got to, you know, he'd send me off at the last minute, you know, I was like, ah, oh, man. So, um, yeah. It's, it's, yeah, it's, it's kind of funny that all these, all you guys have got all these different stories and different time periods of his life. I know we're going to talk to Scott about all this. Cause I mean, Scott goes way back with Dumb. Oh, yeah. He had some funny stories with him. Yeah. Yeah, we, when um when we were when I was first getting to know him and we were talking about the Santa Cruz times, w one thing that came out was I used to when I was playing music for a living, I was making money being a janitor at a local restaurant, right? <laughs> <laughs> so right. so one of the sous chefs was having an amp built by how by Howard in Santa Cruz. Oh wow! And he he was he wasn't a very good guitar player at all, you know. He he wasn't a good <laughs> chef either, but that's a different <laughs> story. Um, so he he, he was going to go pick it up. He goes, "Come on, come with me," you know. So we drove all the way to Santa Cruz, and he parks the car and he goes, "You got to stay in the car. You can't get out." I said, well, "What are you talking about?" He goes, "No, no, no. This guy he's not. He doesn't want me to bring anybody in." Oh wow! <laughs> and so he went in, and I think, I think he gave money. I think it was a payment day because he didn't come back with the amp at that time. But um, later, Alexander and I talked about it. I said, "Yeah, man, my buddy, I was outside the, you know, your your shop. He wouldn't let me come in. He goes, oh man, he should you should have come in and stuff.' So finally, the guy got the amp. And um, at this time, I was like into Marshalls. You know, I had like a half stack and, you know, I was playing like rock stuff. And he had this suede covered, it looked like a Dumbledore or something. It, was, it wasn't an overdrive special, but it was in that period between those two. And, he, you know, he was really a shitty guitar player. But when I play, I play, I listen to him and I go, wow, that has something, a little something going on there that sounds really kind of good. And I would, I plugged into it and I went, whoa wait a minute, this sounds great. And so, you know, time passed. And then I eventually went back to him and I said, hey, do you still have that amp by that, that guy in Santa Cruz? 
he goes, oh, no. He goes, I sold it to some guy in L.A. And I'm like, darn. You know? Oh, man. Because I could have bought it for probably, you know, just a few thousand dollars. Yep. Yeah. Jeez. Yeah. But we, you know, we would talk about those things. There was a, um, he did a bunch of stuff for uh, the Crow's Nest. I think he did some sound for them. And I, I was in a band that played the Crow's Nest, you know, every year. Uh, five years every saturday for five years you know we were kind of the one of the bands and um alexander never i don't think i ever saw him then he might have been in la at that time i think was what what it was but right we had these kind of paths that never quite intersected but you know we knew a lot of the same people um you know he played bass in a band called snail did you know that bruce yeah yeah and that was like a famous Santa Cruz rock band, trio band, right? So, um, yeah. So he he was amongst it. He wasn't just all the time at home sniffing solder. He was a player as well. Yeah. Did anybody talk about his Buffy St. Marie days? No. Did you know he played with Buffy St. Marie? I don't even know who Buffy St. Marie is. I don't know Buffy. You're too young. Fuck you. Yeah. <laughs> Who the fuck is Buffy St. Marie? Oh man, you're gonna have to you're gonna have to you'll have to Google it. Yeah. yeah. Was yeah. it she an artist? Is she, yeah, she was like that? she was like a, a like a Joan Baez type of artist. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. yeah. But she was pretty pretty famous. He went on the road with her and stuff. Yeah, she had some hits. Damn. Yeah. Oh. I wonder. I wonder when Double Dumble gave up the live gigging situation. I don't know. Really early, I think. You know. Yeah. But he still played. You know. I mean, and of course, the only uh, the only recorded stuff we have is of uh, you know is that stuff on YouTube with Henry Kaiser. You know, <laughs> when he's playing rhythm for Henry. You know. And, and you know what? If you listen to what he's doing, it's playing great. It's playing great. It's really good, man. Yeah. I mean, he's got some. He's got a pocket going for sure on that stuff. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he played that way when I would sit in the in the in the music room and play with him. Yeah, I haven't watched that for a long time. What is that video again? It's Henry Kaiser and was what was it on? It was like remember? four of them. There's a series of them. You know. Was it just, was it a, a documentary kind of thing or was it just some local channel news thing or what was it? I don't remember exactly what the whole parameter of it was, but it's all about Henry finding new sounds and kind of showing people how he gets what he gets, you know. And I mean, he, was, he was using, he, it was him demoing how to get different sounds using rack effects. Right. And oh, so one yeah. of the big selling points of the Overdrive special was it had uh you know a a, a a buffered loop or whatever they call it i don't think that's the right word but it had you know uh you could go out to a rack and come back in yeah you know, preamp out and a power back in I, i'm spacing on what the term is but is it effects uh, loop? yeah effects loop thank uh, you, uh, you know. yeah. so um God, the jazz guitar player came up with that. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty sad, man. 
<laughs> but um, so I think it was that it was like a demonstration. Yeah, yeah, but it, it, was, it was all about Henry, you know. But Alexander, he's like, and now Maestro Alexander, give us groove, and he's like, you know, he he'd go into it, you know, and do a lot of the same things he would do when I jam with him, you know, yeah. all yeah. these years later. Yeah, you know? I gotta get back and watch that, man. You know, I I used to send him clips of like when I was working on a CD and with my band or when we did a live show, I'd send him clips and stuff. And then there was this one clip that I was doing this diminished thing. You know, it was like a, a uh, skipping strings using a diminished scale. And he's like, "What? what was that? And I said, oh, that's half whole diminished. What? He goes, send that to me. So I would, I, I sent him a, I wrote it out you know, a half whole diminished scale with the fingering, like yeah. in a tab form. And I sent it to him and then he was like, oh, that is so cool. I've been practicing it and stuff, you know? So he was really uh, always trying to improve on in many ways, you know, building amps, also being a, a great guitar player. So, um, yeah. <laughs> and, and it, you know, and, and in your opinion, I mean, because you, you, you're pretty well aware of stuff and you knew him to the end. Do you would you say that uh, he was getting better with his creations, or like did you know? I mean, obviously, Robin's amp is is you know historical and everything, but did you hear like development of stuff, or did you you know? Yeah, yeah, I think he, I think it was always evolving. Yeah, I think the stuff that he did towards the end, you know, was in some ways equally as good, if not better than the stuff that he had done in the early days. Although people tend to uh, gravitate to certain eras of amps that he built, uh -huh. you know, because they have certain sonic characteristics, but I think he, he always kind of, you know, was pushing himself to develop new stuff, you know? Um, yeah. 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 Wonderful cat, man. It was a, uh, very sad to, to hear about him passing. You know, I didn't think I would get impacted that like that. You know, but it it was it was it was hard. You know, think about it, he's not there anymore. Yeah. You know, I mean, you and I we used to talk about like, have you talked to him? You know, if you if you're from no, I, I, had, been, I had been sending emails over the last month. Yeah, because we talked about it, and I had been sending him emails over the last month or in a month and a half. You know, I knew he'd moved. I right. knew he was closer, so it would be easier to go over and visit him for, you know, like, you know, provided COVID and everything. But still, I mean, now he's in far more my neighborhood than he was. Down, right. you know, exactly. It's just like probably a couple hour drive from here. And, you know, I would have loved to have gone to see him and hang out. And, uh, but it just didn't work out, you know. Yeah. But he would go through those, it seemed to me that he would go through moments where he, he kind of would just not answer emails or kind of go dark on, on you for a little bit, right? Yeah. Yeah. Me. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, I think some of it was he, he was managing his, his workload and his clients. Mm. I think yeah. some of that was because, you know, if, for example, Don Felder shows up at your door and, you know, is leaving to go on a, a tour and he has a problem or he needs his amp fixed. 
well, Alexander is the kind of person that he'll drop everything and he'll work on that. I mean, that was one of the things that um, always prolonged the build of certain amps for people is that, you know, if Robin's amp went down, well, it's 100% he's got to fix it, right? Or if somebody that's doing a recording session has an issue, you know, he's he's got to give 100% and then the, he'll come back to the bills that he's doing. Yeah, so, um, yeah. But uh, yeah, I think that, and I also know that he, you know, he had health challenges, and sometimes he would get sick, and yeah. he would be, he'd be, you know, he'd be out for for four or five days, just not feeling good, and you know, just sleeping or whatever he's doing to to get to get well and stuff. So it'll it'll be interesting to see the whole um, <laughs> how many people, uh, different amp companies, and pedal builders and blah 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 will will keep using the Dumble name um you know which they've already been doing anyway but i wonder how much more of that will ramp up now because you know this is all going to create more mystique more legendary stuff and you know gonna create more of a vibe for Dumble products yeah yeah, uh, yeah. you know i mean ultimately we can only hope that that will be in the service of better sound, better music, you know what I mean? Uh, more creative musicians, you know I mean? That, that would be, even though, you know, he felt very proprietary about his creations, I would think, he, I never felt that, you know, what his service was, was to make the music better and to make beautiful sound. And so, if this happens to elevate the world, I think it's, even though it goes against a lot of what happened in his life, it would be a fitting epitaph, you know, mm -hmm. just because yeah. that's what he represents really yeah. is, you know, elevating the craft of making sound. So uh, I know that it almost sounds kind of contradictory in some terms, from all the stories we know and what we know about him, but I really know that that's what he cared about the most. And that's why he was so great. So we just got to hope that, you know, the shysters who make shit fall on their faces. And the, the ones who, who pick up the torch and carry it further are well rewarded. Yeah. Right well, on. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, also if they pay homage, you know, if they if they're throwing the Dumble name out there and stuff, I hope they could just they give credit where credit's due, you know. Yeah. I think it's interesting that there's some fairly large amp manufacturers that um, haven't said anything yet publicly about Alexander's passing. Yeah. I mean, you know, and some of the I'm not gonna mention any names and you know, there's nothing wrong with it, but they, you know, they've definitely been inspired by his designs and to the point where they've, you know, they've built a business around it. And, you know, his passing is pretty significant, you know, and, the, and yet there, there's not like, I don't know, I'm, I'm definitely biased, but I would, I would have hoped that they would have come out and just acknowledged, you know, the genius of Alexander Dumble and what he did, you know, for, for that, you know, that amp building especially if you're if you're using his name 
or blatantly copying his kind of amp. You know what? If that had been me, I would have been stepping up day one going, you know what? I owe this man a lot. Even though we maybe didn't see eye to eye on stuff, I, you know, he, he, was, he was a badass genius, you know. That would probably be the smart thing to do. But, you know, whatever. We, did, we don't yeah. know yeah. <laughs> what's going on. No, but, but that's what we're doing here is we're painting a picture, letting everybody, you know, a lot of these things we're saying less, you know, we would never have said if you were still here, you know, you respected his privacy. But now, but now because he's gone, it's almost as if we're protecting his legacy by letting the world know what kind of person he was. Absolutely, Bruce. Yeah. It's very well said. And, you know, I I have a definitely have a certain... (laughs) protectiveness about him always had because you know i loved the guy and he was a dear friend to me and you know and i wouldn't want to ever do anything to you know to you know to give him a bad rap and you know because he never showed me that side of himself so i guess i was you know lucky or whatever but right we're all humans we're complex people we have bad days we get angry you know we're unreasonable. I mean, it, this is this is normal, and um, you know, hey, you know, he was human. You know, or as I like to say, nobody's human. <laughs> but uh, now, when he when he passed, the first thing that kind of come to my mind was, oh man, I wonder who's just going to rape and pillage all his stuff. But after talking to you, Les, and all his other friends, it sounds like he had. Really, a lot of people around him that really loved him, and mm-hmm. they're going to do the right thing by him, and you know everything. So that that's really cool to hear. I got to say, you know, it sounds like he had good I friends. I only hope the same thing happens for all all of us. Well, mm-hmm. Bruce, we will rape and pillage everything you okay, have. Okay, that's okay. You know I mean? um, I'm just going to be clean. I die on Sunday, so you can take me out with the garbage <laughs> on Monday. <laughs> you know, <laughs> that, dumbbell, that dumbbell amplifier may just disappear. You may never hear from me again. Oh, You'll be like, okay, oh, well, you, know. you know, what an asshole. And yeah. you, know. <laughs> yeah. you mean you haven't sold it already? I just left it at your house for a second. I, I actually took my Vibroverb and just took the guts out of that and swapped them completely. You would never uh, know. You would yeah. never know. But it's not with you. It's in L.A., right? Yeah, well, but we have in, uh, 24-7 security at our property. Well, the Kardashians, that didn't work for the Kardashians with me. <laughs> <laughs> well, the Kardashians are living in there right now, so it's safe, you know. I moved it to an undisclosed uh, destination, so... Uh, Bruce has to, uh, he has to pay me so much money or just give me endless guitar lessons until uh, he wants it back. And then, and, then, and, then, and, then, and then you'll end up sounding like me and you'll have less gigs than you have now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, the only thing that sucks about all this is that I know when I die, I probably won't have this many people on a podcast talking about how wonderful <laughs> Troy was. Be like, oh yeah, that guy. Yeah, so let's talk about next week's show. <laughs> I guarantee you'll have more on yours than on mine, though. <laughs> Bruce won't even come on mine. You have one? <laughs> you don't have one. 
<laughs> well, when I when I die, you won't even come on my show. Oh, yes, I will. <laughs> yes, I will. I'll tell I'll tell all those stories about you, man. <laughs> yeah, but he's been telling. Instead of like Dumble, we keep all quiet. He talks about you all the time, so we I know talk about you while you're alive. You know. <laughs> Uh, but it is a testament to the man the genius and it is so cool to meet a lot of his friends and you guys have all it's it's kind of interesting to see all you grown men have such a love affair with another grown man <laughs> and um it kind of makes me jealous man like this guy had obviously something that was uh, not just genius, but he was just a big, lovable character. Yeah. And he touched so many of you guys really deeply, and I don't mean that in a weird, wonderful way. But um, it's really cool. It's really cool to hear that, you know. Yeah, well, uh, what can I say? You know, I mean, I'll leave the last word for less, but it's like it's a real – it's kind of a testament to our society. You know, what people know about Dumble are the – couple of weird encounters and couple of you know his tweaky you know eccentricities you know that's what gets amplified as opposed to the generosity and the true integrity and in you know just basically what it was about which is creating a portal for us to create sound to make music better you know if we yeah. could only have more sound men that were like dumb yeah. Yeah. Could you imagine him at the front of the house? <laughs> I, I, I still think that PA system in Opal Cliff Market, I, you know. We should, we, should, we should go check it out and see what's happening. We should happening. go buy it. Yeah. <laughs> we could make the money. <laughs> oh, my God. It probably, you know, the stupid thing is we'd probably, you'd probably plug it in and it'd sound amazing. Yeah. <laughs> you'd be yeah. like, oh, man, this is in a grocery store. I love it. Right, right. I mean, we could start a new fad because you remember there was that big thing about guys were playing movie projector sound. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That was a big thing, what, about five, ten years ago? Grocery store PA system. Everybody was doing that. You know, now we're now we'll get PAs from supermarkets. That's going to be the new thing. Yeah, we should and talk it'll be in stereo too. It'll be a stereo, <laughs> it'll be a wet dry rig. And you're playing lines like, you know. Clean up an aisle five. I, you know, I thank you guys for inviting me on here to, you know, just share my, my love and respect for Alexander. I feel very privileged and honored that I was able to get to be a friend of his and, you know, enjoyed that journey with him. Um, so sad to see him go because he was a great guy and, you know, I really hope I was able to communicate just what a, a beautiful, kind person he, he was to me, you know. For so. sure, man, for sure. Man, thank you so I'm much. I'm grateful for, for you getting me into the inner circle. Thank you for that, Les. I really, really? unbelievably, you know, generous, and I'm very, very, very thankful for it. Yeah. Big, we're big fans, welcome. Les. Thank you so much, man. I'm a big fan, and... uh I love what you do too is, and everything, great player. And, yeah, I love seeing your posts, man. And when are you playing out next? Uh, well, that's a good question. We're doing – I'm playing in a couple bands. One's an 18-piece big band. Oh, man. And we're playing in March for a high school. So they play first. The high school big band plays first, and then we play second. It's kind of a help to help 
keep the jazz education in the schools. So yeah. that's my next gig officially. I don't, but there'll be something probably before that. So, yeah. And um, a quick a, uh, a quick tip, for if you've got it, um, Apple stock. Should we buy or sell our Apple stock? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Well, it's taken a beating. A little bit. Now it hit now the time to buy? Well, we hit got a couple of- I think is it 160-something today? No, it's, it's down in the 150s. Yeah. But, 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 you know, I mean, by the time this airs, it could be 90 or it could be 220. You know what I mean? Well, earnings, earnings are the 27th. Okay. Which is what, Thursday? It's two days from today. Yeah, yeah. Thursday. So I think, Troy, the thing to do is watch for the earnings because it'll pop one way or another in our earnings. It's going to be December's quarter that, you know, December... Was it is the end of that quarter for this announcement? So that means that all the Christmas stuff is in this quarter. So it should be a really good quarter. I'm I'm still a fan. I'm still a fan of that. I'm sure they've got a lot of stuff in the pipeline too. Yeah, I think they're going to be around for a long time. They might. Yeah, I, I want to see who the end of the world is. It going to be a fight between Microsoft, Apple, and Facebook, and and we just all blow up. Google. You know, Google and Amazon and Tesla. Yeah. Well, you know, the, the new thing is like the, the meta platform. I was telling Bruce about this, where they're getting into virtualization, right? They're, they've, they sold a house in virtual reality for like $12 million. Okay. And they're selling land that you can, you can purchase in this virtual reality. Yeah. Yeah. So there's a lot of companies that are building infrastructure for this virtualization, and I think those are the companies that are gonna that are gonna be it's gonna explode for, yeah. for new technology. So this land does not exist. In no, the house doesn't exist, but you can see it in a in a three D. Yeah, yeah, know. right. But but what do you what do you live on the street and you just think you're living in a mansion? <laughs> On a sidewalk somewhere? What the fuck, in your car? Oh, you'd be in your house. I mean, if you can afford... You already need a house, so why are you going to buy a second house? (laughs) Why not just make your house that good? You know what? I'm sorry, I'm not getting this. This this does not make sense. We can go into more discussion of this on my other podcast, Troy Talk Stocks. (laughs) And uh, I'll go into... the stock wink? Soft wank. Yeah, right. Soft wank. Yeah. That's my next show. It'll be a big hit like guitar wank. And Grumps Grumps is going like, what the fuck? I mean, yeah, I'll sell you. We want some virtual space here in my office. I'll sell it to you. You can have like all of that. (laughs) Half a million dollars today. $12 million. No, no, it's half a mil today. Tomorrow it'll be 12 million. Well, those are like the the NFTs, right? Yeah. Yeah, they don't exist. Right, right. It's getting whacked. We're getting out there. I know. It's great. You know, (laughs) it's really no, you know, I mean, it's no different than a lot of the other shit that we bought in our life, you know, but. So maybe you could have a crypto. In the old days, you had to buy it and get rid of it. Now you just don't even have to get rid of it because it doesn't exist. Maybe get a crypto (laughs) dumble. Right. We could do dumble. Non-dumbleful tokens. No, there's there's a thing here. Anyways, you know, dumble yeah. tokens. We'll sell dumble tokens. Yeah, man. You know, the crazy thing is, you know, somewhere in the world there's another dumble. 
that is existing at the moment or being born and will do something in their field that'll be just as amazing and yeah yeah maybe in a parallel universe way out in the solar system somewhere there's like a dumble working on an amplifier right now you know (laughs) well i'm sure alexander's got his bench set up already (laughs) (laughs) you know he's probably Uh, shit man it's gonna take him a few years to unpack all that shit what are you talking about (laughs) no you know they're all bugging him up there to build him build more right out. right everybody's going man build me one build me one it's just shit all you guys are up here oh fuck you know <laughs> uh les thank you so that. much sir it was such thank a pleasure you. yeah it's great thanks nice great to see you les come down and visit i will all right man all right. stay safe peace out <laughs>